0: Have you ever been certain your
1: telephone would ring in the next 10 seconds
0: or have you ever walked down a strange street and had the feeling that you knew what lay beyond the unturned corner yes then you've had a brief encounter with the world of the unknown you are ready for the actual human experience that followed
2: so approximately a year ago a little less than a year ago we did an episode called the witching hour about witches and we're back and we're here and we're doing it again So I feel like we don't have time today to go into all the deep stuff we went to about, which is be anti-Semitism, which is be anti-lady, lots of things. And we went into that in the first episode, really in depth, like our thoughts on why people are accused, what it means to be accused and that kind of stuff. So my preface to this episode is if you did not listen to that one last year, do yourself a spooky favor, go back and listen to that one and it's kind of get that context um, because I there's recently, a lot we go into.
0: Yeah. I recently found out I made a, a joke in the my story about if a female postmaster is a actually a postmistress. I have found out since that a female postmaster is still a, a postmaster. And for context on that, go listen to the episode.
2: <laughs> so that's just an ad for the, that episode. Keep, keep the spooky times rolling and uh, the spooky times rolling check out. that out. This modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women.
0: Hello and welcome to Lady History, the good, the bad, and the ugly ladies you missed in history class. Lexi, what would get you accused of witchcraft if you lived in the 17th century?
2: God, there's so many things, but probably the number one thing would be me like talking back to men. Um, I think that would really not go over well. I'm obviously communing with the devil.
0: Married to him even. The one man you don't talk back to. And Haley, if this podcast is actually magic, is there anything you want to manifest? I would like to manifest the adoption of a puppy I would not be
1: allergic to because currently all the close adoption places for havanese and like Maltese and like the Bichons that I can moderately handle with all my allergies. They don't have puppies available, which is a great thing because like you don't want that many puppies to be rescued, but I also cannot
0: afford and do not super want to buy a puppy from a breeder. And I'm Alana, and my Hogwarts house would be Ravenclaw if the creator weren't a transphobe.
1: Support small businesses if you still want to be at Hogwarts like me. Don't give JKR money.
2: Unlicensed merch only. And I wouldn't normally say that, because I normally would say support artists and buy their licensed merch. But guess what? Don't support her also
1: here's a thing like if you must if you must go see like the new harry putas and or the fantastic beasts in theater or go see the broadway play which is kind of fantastic when you see in broadway but like donate counter
2: counter me every time i eat (laughs) chick-fil-a yeah like Like, listen my fraction of a cent for my chick-fil-a sandwich that goes to like hurting gay people is not as much as my five dollars I just donated to helping. That's gays. like my still thinking like I regularly I, donate
1: to different causes five dollars maybe like not much I do not have the funds to give like hefty donations but knowing listen, that JK I do that and not
2: getting more than five bucks from your ticket sale anyway you are outweighing yeah Anyway, you could be persecuted for being a witch if you were a little bit too queer in the olden times. And you can listen so to our last true. episode. We did, we did reference that. Okay, we're rocking and we're rolling. We've talked about a lot of ladies from Judy Chicago's dinner party before, but here's another one. And I'm pretty sure she's the only accused witch burned in her death on the list of of people at the dinner party. But I could be wrong. Based on everything I read, I think she's the only one. Agnes Sampson was a Scottish healer and midwife, and she was also a cunning folk. I did not know this term before, so I'm going to define it for you. It's a term that was used at her time in Scotland where she lived that was to describe people who practiced folk magic so like healing potions and powders and things that people like really used to take care of themselves back then she learned folk magic from her father which I found interesting because it was actually like a field that was not super gender defined I feel like a lot of times in society spiritual things like that are very gender defined but this was like you could be a cunning folk you could be a cunning woman a cunning man maybe you could be a cunning may I don't know Though we are not sure exactly when Agnes was born, we know that she was known in her region for practicing magic as early as 1585. And she worked with people of all classes, including noble ladies. And there's even some records that show like which noble ladies, their servants and peasants. And though people relied on her for midwifery and magic, her skills as a healer were like not the best. And she often was unsuccessful as a healer. And this led to her being able to predict if someone was going to survive an illness or die which will come up later as something people thought was spooky witch shit, but was actually just like, I'm really bad as a healer. And like 90% of the time they're going to die. And I just know it. Her methods were like something we would definitely call like unusual or outlandish at the time, but were pretty normal then. If you've ever read about the 1500s and what medicine they use. Like for example, she used vinegar soaked eggs to cure most ailments. And she used wax figurines to Cast magic healing spells. So, like an effigy, almost like this happens a lot in magic, where it's like a human shaped thing that is an effigy for casting a spell. So, she had these wax figurines. In 1589, she was accused of being a witch practicing the black arts, quote unquote, and was investigated by local authorities who discharged the claim when they found no evidence to support it. She was just a normal cutting folk. In November of the next year, a young maid called Gillis Duncan, I think I'm saying that name right, but Scottish names. Our heart. She was accused of participating in witchcraft by her employers, and she was tortured. And during this time of being tortured, she accused Agnes and other women of being witches. And this event began what was to later be deemed the North Berwick Rich Trials, because if we know anything, when there's one, there's always a bunch more. And it was the first major Scottish witch hunt conducted under criminal law. So like legally persecuted witches, not just like chase you out of your house, witches. Agnes confessed, claiming she was involved in a devil's convention, quote unquote, two years before the accusations had been made. She outed several other event attendees, both of whom had already been executed for witchcraft by the time when she admitted it uh, during this, this witch trial. And Agnes claimed that the devil had led the meeting and had even kept a guest list to make sure everyone attending had, had been invited. Like no one was like sneaking into the party. So I just picture like the devil in like a black cloak at the front of like a grove with like you a list and being your, like, you can't sit with us. You, you know? need
0: your entry pass for Devil Con.
2: You, you can't just come into Devil Con without a pass. Agnes claimed that she apparently committed to the devil, which we often hear about this with witches, like marriages to the devil and stuff like that. She claimed that she committed to him by kissing his genitals, which was supposedly how she said witches would seal their deals with the devil. That sounds a lot like shame for premarital sex to me, but okay. Go off, I guess. Agnes also confessed that her powders and remedies she was using were made from bones that she grave-napped. Grave-napping ain't chill, sis. Don't do that. Get your ethically sourced bones, okay? In total, she confessed to 58 of the 102 accusations that were put against her, and Agnes was tortured and manipulated, and that sucks. She was declared guilty, strangled, and then her body was burned because there was this belief that, you know, if you leave a witch's body, it that they will use their magic or connection with the devil to come back to life. So you gotta, gotta get rid of the evidence. Modern scholars believe that because Agnes was tortured and manipulated, this is what led to her confession and that her interrogators were using illegal tactics to twist her story and turn her kind of from like a practitioner of folk magic that benefited her community because they strongly believed in it to a mistress of the devil. And it is also suspected that news coverage from the time of her trial was really sensationalized. And this is majority of the record that we have about Agnes because it's past, like that's what we have. And so we may never really know the full truth about Agnes. Like maybe she never said she kissed the devil's genitals, but someone at the newspaper in Edinburgh was like, hell yeah, she kissed the devil's genitals, you know? My theory that I would pose based on what I've read, Agnes was just a healer who did some like folk magic and people of course had to treat her like shit because that's how life is. And also it was probably because of King James the First. If you've never heard of like his... Situation, he was like super afraid that like the devil and the witches is like his embodiment on earth for like after him. Like he was super mega afraid of witches (laughs) and a cough, women cough. Like something bad happened with his wife. I don't remember the exact details from ap Hero, but like he was
0: also super gay.
2: Yeah, that's probably true. But yeah, something bad happened to his wife and he was like, The witches and the devil are after me. You know, kind of like how Henry was like, God is punishing me with girls.
0: Internalized homophobia much, James.
2: Included in further reading, an article about pain relief during labor in the 16th century. So, if you're really into like historical medicine and and medieval medievalish medicine, I think you'll like that. It's a little academic. It's a little heavy. It's not like a BuzzFeed article. Uh, thank God, BuzzFeed sucks. Whatever, never mind. But it's it's it is a little more academic. So, bear that in mind. Read with caution. It includes references to Agnes and another accused witch from her time and region. And it's really quite interesting. I also included on our YouTube playlist for the week, an archaeological documentary about the witch trials that Agnes was involved in the, what is that called? The North Berwick witch trials um, and kind of like the evidence they excavated. And that ties it into King James, which since that's kind of the theory I fall under, I think it's really interesting how they use archaeology to kind of prove that he probably started all this bullshit.
0: We also love to see archaeology.
1: i'm going to be talking about the salem witch trials because i checked we did not do that last time and with that i have a content warning i talk about a part of u.s history that is violent and i must cover said violence along with topics like slavery inequality and racism And so I decided to do something kind of fun with this bit of history because there is so much out there. And you see it in Hocus Pocus. You see it in a lot of, like, pop culture stuff. There's half misinformation, half just it is a part of, like, U.S. history that is kind of seen as, like, a cool thing, a fun bit of history when really, like, there's not much. Like It's very weird how some people take racism and make it fun, if you catch my drift. And I also am craving fun in my state of starting a new job. So I've made this an an interactive story. So listeners and my fellow lovely co-hosts, get your broomsticks ready. We're flying away. But first, a little background knowledge through the lens of children's sources, because I am a child at heart and National Geographic and the Salem Witch Charles Museum really came through for me. The year 1692 of US history, specifically Salem, Massachusetts, a village mostly populated by Puritans and were very religious individuals that adhered to this idea that the devil could be around them at any point in time. And then you would see t- signs of the devil being there. With this strict, code of societal conduct, the smallest divergent from the norm would be seen as suspicious, hence you are a witch. So like if you were shivering from the freezing cold, I'm just setting the scene here, just like a random scene if you will, not really, the scene that started all the Salem witch trials. Probably with little food and clothing to keep said body warm, side note, Salem, Massachusetts, New England gets very cold during the winter, like what happened to Betty Paris and her cousin Abigail, your immediate thought would be called the doctor. And yes, that's exactly what Betty's father did, Reverend Paris. And when the doctor did come, the diagnosis was not frostbite, not hypothermia, not get some food into these children potentially, was twitching girls equals bewitched. Of course, if you're like, ah, ha, ha these girls are bewitched, you question them and ask, why? Why you bewitched? And the girls actually blamed three townswomen, one of whom was an enslaved Native person named Tituba. I hope I'm pronouncing this name correctly. This is where we get into my content warning. And the townspeople were like, yes, this makes sense. And as National Geographic Kids puts it, Tituba was known to have played fortune-telling games which were strictly forbidden by the Puritans. And collective boo to the historical record of calling Native people's practices, Tituba's practices, to, in this sense, fortune-telling games. Boo, historical record. Shame on you. The other two girls were Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne, who weren't liked by Salem society either. I couldn't find really much about the two Sarahs. They were thrown in jail for trial on the counts of practicing witchcraft, On trials, things were confessed. Tituba actually was saying that, yes, she cast all these spells, blah, 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 going off, basically saying, yes, she was a witch. The two Sarah's pled like innocence. They're like, no, why? You you guys just hate us. We are the weird people here and we're gonna be the scapegoats for this. In the end, none of that mattered because they were just found guilty. Like this wasn't a fair trial to say the least. People put their views of what should be the norm for society and whom should be the norm for society above all else. And when being found guilty, they were punished by hanging. This catapulted other villagers in Salem and the surrounding neighboring villages of the New England area to then say they were infected by witchcraft and they would go around accusing others for torturing them. If they did something out of the norm, oh, sorry, we were being bewitched by Joe who lives down the street. By the end of the trials in 1693, 24 people had died in jail or by hanging. Now we get ready for the spooky surprise. We're debunking the Salem witch trials. Yippee. And I'm going to say something and you're going to say true or false. Shout out to Reader's Digest for formulating these like myths or
0: true or falses that I took and ran with. I love this format. I already love this format. Let's fuck you. Let's fuck you go. Oh my God. Let's go. Only
1: the ladies were on trial for witchcraft. False. Yes, it was false. Men, women, and children were all on trial for witchcraft. Even two dogs were accused. Yeah, that face is correct. Two dogs were accused. Like children of the town, villagers, little village children were like, heck dog made me do x y and z i think it was like writhed in the streets or something yeah two dogs were accused pooches were on trial second uh, in a game witches were burned at the stake also false yes also false the burning at the stake has happened before in like witch it was history. largely europe correct correct ma'am but during the witch trials nope People either died in jail or by hanging kind of gave you that little bit in the background. So you were clearly listening. One man was actually noted to be crushed by stones. It's not. That's a hard. great
0: story. That's a great story. It
1: t- was a man and we're lady history. So I did not
0: go into yeah, that. Maybe but okay. Well, for the
2: monument and that's pretty dope. This guy was accused
0: of witchcraft. And they like pressed stones on, he wouldn't confess. And so they put stones on him and they were like, confess to witchcraft. Correct. And, and he did not. And he was like, instead of confessing, he would just say more weight until he got crushed to death. I love that story. Yes. Please yes. continue, Haley. Okay, so now our third. The cause of the Salem witch
1: trials was all because of religious paranoia. The, uh, debated. The answer is false. Yeah, so yes, it may have seemed kind of like from an intro. I guess not all. Um, not all the, not the, all the way false.
0: caused by religious paranoia. Answer false. Answer false.
1: Um while re- religious behavior played a big part, like doing something in the name of God in your religion, major fucking role. It was not the only role. And if you didn't catch my hints, i.e content warning and what happened to Tetapa, it was racism and sexism and your whole alphabet soup of discrimination. Salem was relatively a new colony, so you were pushing Native peoples off their land and in the process making everyone deal with diseases like smallpox, wars that shouldn't have had to happen because you shouldn't be pushing people off their land, and overall stressful winter life. They were not equipped to handle like the deep, harsh, cold winters of New England at this time. And on that note of disease, these witchcraft symptoms that people were getting, like the writhing, twitching that, like I kind of mentioned, could have been the cold because you do shiver in the cold, could have also been just real symptoms, but caused by a bread-related fungus, i.e. in the winter, you don't really have good food, because shit's not growing and they probably did not have the best refrigeration system going so you get The, the whole place is refrigeration it's so cool but still fungus can grow and you have some bread related funguses that was actually part of like a subplot in ghost whisper which got me into studying witches because you can go look it up but it was like a whole town under the town and like witchcraft was involved, but really everyone just ate some nasty old bread and then like quarantined themselves in this one church, but they all ate the bread and they all got sick collectively. Yes. So number four, everyone accused was executed. Also false. Yes. False. Many people were pardoned, like more than actually who were executed. So there are 24 executions and you You had a lot of people just like, mm, witchcraft, and a lot of people actually did escape if they were in jail. more than like it seemed more than I expected personally, um but not everyone who was accused was executed. Lastly, we come to our fifth uh, myth question, true or false. The accused witches weren't cleared until recently. I believe you get true or false.
2: You get true or false. True. This is the first one I feel any confidence on and therefore the first one I answered. Okay, false. Well, it's false. I'll go with sorry, false. Sorry, Lex. <laughs> I had a feeling they were all false. I just thought they it was were gonna all going to be subversive. False. You know, yeah. like, nope. They were all going to
0: be
1: surprise.
2: false.
1: I'm so sorry. They were all going to be false because um, we're debunking it. And the state of matches is well, Wait, pieces.
2: that makes sense. <laughs>
1: I know. I like was ready for it. I thought that was like what Alana was doing, but then I was like, okay, no. Alana's like thinking through this. I
0: see the Alana thinking face. Well, I just also happen to know a lot about the Salem Witch Trials. Hello, uh, special interest when I was like. eight. Yes, yes, me too. Um, Me too. Yeah, yeah. That's why I I know a lot.
1: (laughs) I was like surprised I didn't do the Salem Witch Trials the last time. But anywho, the state of Massachusetts officially apologized for the witch trials in 1957, I believe. I wrote 1857, but I remember it was 1957.
0: Comparatively. That is recent. Yes. Closer to now than before.
1: However, there was back in the 1600s, a pardon issued to all those accused of witchcraft. The pardon happened a year after the trials began. So like, I'm going to say like by 1695 before, like maybe even closer if we span like the history where government officials started taking steps to like repay those affected, honoring the dead, but like racism was still alive and well as it is today. So I'm not holding all the salt in the Dead Sea. I'm kind of like flinging it places. That candlestick is burning at a bare minimum. For the sake of this, the Salem Witch Child Museum does kind of acknowledge at this point, like kind of to this point where they're being very transparent, which I applaud and love, and I really want to do a lady history field trip to this place. Like they recognize that a lot of like, while there sh- they were pardons and there should have been way more pardons, but racism and discrimination and sexism, and they have a whole blurb about like how learning about and educating about the Salem witch trials, they have to talk about this or else it just would not be accurate that there are like a lot of objects, artwork that came right after etc etc would contain misinformation, hurtful imagery, and such. So for the sake of our fun game, which is were cleared a long, long time ago, but like were they? This is more of an essay question that if any listener wants to elaborate on, I will happily read Email their us
0: essay. Yes. Ladyhistorypod at gmail or leave it as an audio message on anchor. Yes. Very true. And I'm okay with an audio the essay.
1: That's it for the Salem witch trials, or else it would have been way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love
0: that. But there is this thing that we talked about on the last witching hour episode. That's like, it is a Holocaust comparison, and I don't like you. You gotta be sus, sus of of. Yeah, I wasn't Holocaust gonna touch that with like a ten foot pole with how but, much info there was about. But so, but like it's kind of fitting here in the one that that, um, I'm referring to is saying that witch hunts were not about misogyny is like saying the Holocaust was not about Jews or something like that. Like it's, it's an apt comparison. Like it's a misogyny problem. It was an anti-Semitism problem. Both of those things are still around today. Yeah.
1: Like it would be inaccurate to say the Salem witch trials were only about ladies
0: and like, I'm not going to say, but it would be. It would also be inaccurate to say that they weren't about ladies.
2: Yes,
1: because they started with two ladies accusing three ladies, and then you bet your ass, sexism went into. They girl boss way too close to the sun.
0: So. Today, I am talking about Mother Shipton. And I thought about covering Mother Shipton for our Witches episode last year, but decided not to. Then, in one of her videos in late June, my favorite tuber, someone who plays The Sims on YouTube, uh, Plumbella, mentioned Mother Shipton. And I was like, I will do anything for you, Jesse. And I put it on the spreadsheet. Just a heads up that a lot of this is legend, Uh, like Mother Shipton was probably a real person by all accounts, although the name Mother Shipton doesn't appear in written records until like a century or so after her death. So the details have been greatly exaggerated. There was written documentation about a, quote, witch of York who has been widely believed to be Mother Shipton. Anyway, the story Ursula Santheo was born to a single mother, Agatha, supposedly in a cave on a supposedly dark and stormy night in 1488 in Naresborough, England. Uh, Agatha wouldn't say who the father was and didn't have any family support. So she supposedly, that's going to be like a common thread in this story, me saying the word supposedly or reportedly. But she supposedly raised Ursula out of the cave she was born in for two years before a local priest took pity on them, and sent Agatha to a nunnery and put Ursula in with a local family as like a 15th century foster thing. Reportedly, she had exhibited psychic tendencies and episodes from a young age, but she was also strange looking physically. She had a crooked nose. We do love to see that. A bent back and twisted legs, so a lot of people made fun of her. And she just kind of hung around her cave and taught herself about plants and medicines and medicinal plants, you know, like a witch. She was briefly married to a carpenter from York named Toby Shipton, where the Shipton part comes from. After her husband died, Ursula returned to her cave in Naresboro and made a living predicting the future and offering traditional remedies. This is where the name mother came from. It's like a nickname that means, yeah, that's our local witch, Mother Shipton. She supposedly predicted cars and metal boats, calling cars, quote, horseless carriages said that iron would float like wooden boats. There's an article in Further Learning about all her prophecies. I'm not sure how much of them are actually real because they all come from like significantly after her death and have just been attributed to her. Ursula died in 1561 at 73-ish, which is pretty impressive for having lived in a cave. And now the cave is like a kitschy tourist attraction dedicated to her, which is certainly something. There's also a moth named after her, the mother Shifton. Uh, and some info on that will be in further learning if you're like a bug person. It's the end. You can find this podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs> if you're like a bug person. If you're like a bug person. I don't know.
2: If you're a Sophie
0: Lutterlow type. If you're so- Nice callback. Thank you.
2: You can find this podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Lady Pod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode and our brand new merch will be on LadyHistoryPod.com. If you like the show, leave us a review or follow us on Patreon. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself.
0: Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Instagram at girlbump.productions. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Lexi is doing the editing. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History.
1: Next week on Lady History, we're continuing our spooky season with some friendly ghost stories that you tell around the campfire. I don't know. I've told this one around the campfire, so maybe that's a clue for you.
2: It's also the last episode of season we're one cool. of Lady History. That's true. For Going on vacation. Finale. Cool. So tune in.